This podcast is part of Mishmash Media. Hello again, folks. Hey. Welcome to another episode of Curbcast. My name's Ivan. And I'm Stephen. And each week we review an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm Scene by Scene. And we're still at season one, but we are now at episode four, The Bracelet. Very early days for us. An episode, Stephen, which I quite enjoyed, just like last week. Yeah, you can really see that Curb is really starting to find its feet. I think I commented when we did the pants tent, the the very first episode, that it does come out of the gate running, but there is still a bit of experimentation or just trying to figure out what works and what doesn't. But it you know, based on last week's episode and this week's episode, they're, they're more and more confident each week. Yeah, this one certainly hits its stride. And I, I like Richard Lewis. He's one of my favorite secondaries, or yeah. my favorite characters from Curve. Yeah. And isn't it wonderful, Steve, how we had some excellent news about Richard Lewis a yeah. couple of weeks ago? Yeah, that's right. So uh, there's not really a lot of Curve news to report week to week because it's uh, it's not a fast-moving production. No. But it was widely reported throughout the Curve fan base that Richard Lewis wouldn't be returning for season 10, which is currently being finished. Um, I believe it's all filmed and I'm guessing it's just being edited yeah. as we speak yeah. because he had a bunch of surgeries. Um, he had a pretty rough uh, year last year physically and uh, he was just in no shape to return to set. But uh, through the week or uh, about two weeks ago as of recording, he revealed to Variety magazine that, uh, uh, that Larry convinced him to come back and film just one episode. Uh, of season 10 so yeah really good news for Kirby. that's fantastic and there was that shot of him on set it was yeah so good yep it was wonderful yeah and you could you could really sense the the joy in his tweets that he tweeted about it and also in that variety interview i think you know post-surgery he probably felt a bit sorry for himself um and just to come back and do you know is something that he obviously loves that he's been doing for 20 years now mm, yeah just even in a small amount i imagine would inject a lot of self-confidence back you oh know? yeah and we can't wait to see him in those yeah. episodes it's yeah be fab. You'll, yeah you can see you'll see the life yeah you'll see the energy yeah I mean, he uh, he didn't really talk about, you know, what his uh, role was, like what the storyline, it's all still under wraps. Um, but yeah, just the fact that he's back is, uh, is awesome news. Yeah, it's fantastic. And how appropriate because Richard Lewis does feature heavily in the bracelet yeah. <laughs> in this episode. Yeah. It's probably his biggest, so far up um, up until this point, his biggest uh, role in Curb. Yeah, I mean, the only other episode he's appeared in so far is the first one in uh, The Pants Tent. Yeah. And he wasn't really a major character in this one. Uh, sorry, in that one, but he is in this one. Yeah, he gets quite a bit of screen time. <laughs> That's right. The bracelet aired in the US on HBO for the first time on the 5th of November in the year 2000. Larry gets into a tense, heated fight with Cheryl and Larry's secretary suggests that he buy her a present to make up for it. After having lunch with Richard Lewis and helping a blind man, Larry spots the perfect present for Cheryl, a bracelet. Unfortunately, Richard also wants it for Sophia, his girlfriend. Larry's best mate. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, a bit of trivia, Steve, despite the bad news outside the jewellers about, uh, you know, after they've helped the blind man move, and then, like, the store's closed. Uh, Richard mm. Lewis is upbeat. Uh, Larry calls him Norman Vincent Lewis. I didn't know what the reference was, but apparently it's a play on the name of Norman Vincent Peale. He was a minister and author who popularised the concept of positive thinking. Oh, So there okay. you go. So no matter what gets thrown at you in life, you got yep. to think positive. Yep. There you go. So he's the guy. So Larry <laughs> pretty, just... Pretty obscure reference. Larry just, you know, tears shit and, you know, tears you know, Richard Lewis and, like, bags him and says, oh, you're Norman Vincent Lewis. Yeah, and at the end yeah. of the episode, when uh, Richard's saying that he's a bit more upbeat than Larry. What does uh, Larry say? Oh, you're just a babbling brook of bullshit. Yeah, basically. <laughs> he just, just cuts him, him down. Cuts him out, yeah, because yeah. Larry, you know, was rich is recovering from his alcoholism and depression and stuff. Yeah, I think he's just trying to, he's to trying maintain to find- a positive mindset to, yeah. to help him deal with that. He's trying. And yeah. Larry's just, you know, being an asshole and cutting him down. <laughs> yeah, he's not being a supportive friend. No. In the first scene of the episode, Larry is watching a football game on TV while he's on the phone. I think 
to Richard Lewis. Uh, yeah, no. I, I get that because he's on, he's definitely on the phone to Richard later in the episode. Yeah, so yeah. I assumed that it was the same same guy. You know, they, it must be their thing. They call each other and talk about the football as it's happening. And when we say football, uh, that's NFL or yeah, gridiron. Gridiron, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, fo- American fo- football football can be uh, a different type yeah. of uh, sport depending on which country you're from. Yeah, if you're from the UK, you're like what they'll watch you Man United and Liverpool at <laughs> <laughs> Old Trafford. Not quite. <laughs> Not quite. Is an Old Trafford a cricket ground? <laughs> Are you crossing sports there? <laughs> no, no. Old Trafford, Manchester United's home ground as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I must be. I'm the one confused. And I don't. <laughs> that, know. I do. I think they do play cricket there as well. Right. Yeah. Both. Cheryl walks in the door after a trip to see her mother. Larry is distracted with the game while Cheryl tries to tell him about his nephew or his nephew or her nephew Griffin rather. She's annoyed and walks off, and Larry sits down to watch the last two minutes of the game. And mm. you know, I've been there before. My lovely fiance's come in a couple of times and wanted to chat, and I'm watching a YouTube video or I'm yeah. really engrossed in something. And uh, you know, sometimes. You know, once in a while, I'm like, yeah, that's good, honey. You know? Yeah. So <laughs> we've all done that before. Yeah, I think we've all been unable to, you know, you know, we're, we're focused on something. Mm. And when something more important, you know, that only requires, like Cheryl says, two minutes of a time. You know, it's not like you can't watch the game. It's just, hey, I'm home. Welcome me home. And then you can go back to your game. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I can understand how Cheryl's a bit bit uh, peeved off. Uh, well, it's understandable, but I mean, it's the last two minutes of the game. Yeah. So you know, it could be like a tie, and yeah. the next goal, next touchdown wins or something. But I, I, I get it. I mean, you, you always have to devote your time to your significant other. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it's not that you can't have interests outside of your paying attention to whoever you're with. Mm. But when they've just come back from a trip abroad and they just want to catch up and say hello, yeah, yeah I think in that moment you have to because yeah, you haven't seen them for a week. Yeah, yeah, you have to. You yeah, definitely see them. yeah, and yeah. and like uh, like I said, it's not like Cheryl wants you know is demanding all of his time for the rest of the night. It's just two minutes just to welcome her home. I don't, welcome I don't think that that's too much to ask. I'm on I'm on Cheryl's side in this scene. <laughs> Fair enough. La- Cheryl later in the night is reading in bed. Larry tries to make conversation, but she ignores him. He asks her about the trip, mistaking Griffin to be Cheryl's cousin. <laughs> it's my nephew. Cheryl. Passively, aggressively goes along with the conversation. Larry apologises about what happened. Cheryl says, it's fine, but not in an it's fine normal way. It's like, it's fine, passive-aggressively way. Yeah, it's when fine it's not fine. In, it's not fine. It's not fine. Larry sends rancor in her voice, or rancor. I think, what was it, rancor? Well, he doesn't know how to say it either. Yeah, he's, rancor. He's just rancor. trying to make, chit, trying <laughs> yeah. to make chit-chat to, to yeah. fill the awkward silence. And yeah. he's like, is it rancor? Rancor, rancor? Yeah, rancor? Yeah, 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 I'm thinking the same thing. He asks for forgiveness and sex, of course. You know, he, he has to just throw that in yeah. for good measure. But he says either one is ideal. Like, yep. either one is okay. But ideally, both is fine. Um, I like how he thinks he's being generous. Like, I'm going to give her options on how to, uh, you know, resolve this situation. Yeah. But all those options are just self-serving. <laughs> self-serving. It's yeah. not for him. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I mean, yeah, he's probably like, Cheryl likes sex. Yeah. So that means I like sex. Yeah. So that should be fine. Yeah. It's mutually exclusive. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, not, not mutually exclusive, but it's a mutual agreement. Mutually beneficial, mutually I think, beneficial. is what you're Yes, that's what I was saying. Say. Yeah. Not mutually exclusive. Wrong one. Larry, but then Larry goes on the defense and he puts it back on her. He says, like, what if you were watching the Oscars? And, you know, the Best Actress nomination was coming up. And, yep. you know, I came into the door. Would you, you know, give up the time for me? And Cheryl's like, yes. Yeah. Well, I'll this be. is when Cheryl says, <laughs> I mentioned before, Cheryl just says, all I wanted was two minutes of your time. You know, yeah. I, did, I didn't want you to not watch the football anymore. I just wanted to be welcomed home. Yeah. And uh, for you to at least pretend to care, you know. <laughs> Because he was just going, uh-huh, uh-huh, and then, you know, turning back watching to the, the TV game, to watch watching, the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Like, Cheryl is right in this situation. I think so, yeah. Yeah, and Larry's just being selfish and, yeah. and self-serving. Yeah. yeah. The next day, Larry's receptionist asks why Larry is wearing casual clothes. Oh, and, and also, mind you, he's unshaven too, because Cheryl hasn't been there for a week. 
So he's just basically let himself go. Yeah, I think he's mm. just, you know, in bachelor mode. That probably contributed to his uh, lack of interest in her coming home. You know, he's probably just been sitting on the couch eating chips, you know, talking to his mates on the phone and he hasn't shaven for four, four or five days. So he's still in bachelor yeah. mode, I think. You know, working hard in his full-time job. Yeah. You know, like we mentioned in the last episode, you know, Larry being leisurely yeah. most of the time. He doesn't really have to do much these days. Nah, he doesn't have to do anything. His investments uh, help pay for his stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot more than rich people do. Anyway, so he walks into his receptionist wearing casual clothes, commenting on the fact that he has hasn't shaved while the receptionist says it. Larry explains what happened the night before. The receptionist says that he has to go get Cheryl a gift. I mean, that's just the way it's got to be. Larry comments on a bracelet Cheryl Cheryl saw in a window a couple of weeks ago at a jewellery store she liked and that he might consider getting that yep so that might be his ticket out to and in his way to forgiveness and sex the yeah. double the double <laughs> that's what he wants ideally yeah later on larry walks into the jewelry store before seeing the home or he's about to walk into the jewelry store before seeing a homeless guy who larry gave his food to his chicken larange duck a larange duck, duck a larange sorry that was in a previous episode yeah i think it was in ted mary yeah. Yeah, I think so. He had it was either over- Ted and Mary or... Uh, or Panstand. Panstand. I yeah. think it was Ted and Mary. He had leftover food. Yeah. He gave it to and the gave homeless it to him, guy. Yeah. yeah. And the same homeless guy goes to say, you know, thank you for what you did. Yep. Anyway, Larry, you know, Larry's with the, the homeless guy and the shopkeeper thinks that they're two homeless people and they lock Larry out of the store as he leaves. Yeah. So, like, Larry's all, you know, unshaven. He looks very... Yeah, he's got, like, stained ratty clothes on and yeah. they're just his workout clothes. And to, you know, to someone who's not aware of the Larry, that, that you know, what he normally looks like, which is usually reasonably well presented mm. yeah his mistake and the fact that he's talking to another homeless man I yeah can, i can understand her making that association yeah because so, there's like there's like a security door yeah which which is they locked. have to be buzzed in they have to be buzzed in yeah but they lock the door and Larry's like no 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 yeah not what i'm not with like. him yeah i'm not with him yeah these yeah. are my workout clothes <laughs> that's right anyway he's outside and he asks a passerby to answer the phone and he says look if a guy answers it give me the phone if it's a girl hang up Yep. Simple as that. Yeah. And then the guy is like, okay, whatever. I and think he thinks he's on candid camera. Yeah. Or something. He's, he's putting me on. He's looking around at yeah. you know, the cameras. And, you know, he, he grabs the phone and it's a man. And he goes, here you go. Yeah. And he goes, thanks. And then the guy walks off. Yeah. Weird. He's like, oh, okay, whatever. I honestly thought the first time I saw this episode that that would be a plot point, you know, because normally there's these little kind of interactions that you don't think much of at first, but then it comes back to bite Larry in the bum. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. It grows into something more later in the episode, but not or, the case. Or like a coincidence where the same guy returns yeah. for some reason. Yeah, yeah but yeah. Not, not the case. Not this case, no. But anyway, so Richard answers the phone and Larry talks to him. Richard turns up a while later and he comments on Larry's attire. He's like, why are you dressed like this? He asks Richard to get the bracelet for him as Richard asks what it looks like. Richard knocks on the door and tells Larry that the store is closed for lunch. Oh, they, they see like the clock, you know, like the paper clock with, yeah. the, with the hands to say they'll be back in this time. Yep. He offers to go to lunch with Larry, which he accepts. Richard suggests they walk as they're nearby and Larry wants to drive, but Richard insists on walking. He's like, it's just down the road. Well, he says it's a beautiful day. Let's walk. And, Let's he's, walk. Got, and he's also got to do exercise for his cardio vascular health because mm-hmm. it's a you know probably related to his uh, former alcohol use as well yeah, yeah and i think he mentions that there's a history of heart attacks in his family mm-hmm. so he's trying to he's trying to be positive and, and turn something that he's got the positive thinking yeah, <laughs> yeah you know yeah. yeah and larry you know larry's just like oh i don't want to walk like it's a big hassle yeah and richard's like trying to spin it as something good mm. and uh he eventually wins him over he does and he says it's not that far no it's tw- i think he said it's 20 i think larry said it's 25 30 minutes and then uh, richard again trying to turn that into a positive says well if we briskly walk it'll be 20 minutes yeah, you know, yeah. And i've got to get my uh, my health up. <laughs> I did want to make mention though. Uh, it to me, it's funny how Richard knocks what Larry's wearing. You know, he's looking ratty, but. You know, Richard's reasonably well dressed in this episode. Like he's got uh, in this scene. Sorry, he's I love got a suit tie. tie. It's a Jimmy. <laughs> I saw a Jimi Hendrix. It's like a rock star tie. Oh, yeah, it's cool. But it's got like a silhouette of Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, yeah, playing yeah. on it. But to me, it looks like he's from like 1993. Like this ill-fitting suit. Yeah, he's like yeah. mullet. He's uh-huh. like you know, he's like like dark tinted sunnies. Yeah, his tie that's way too big. Like it was just 
1993, but yeah. it, in this case, it's 2000. It definitely like, has just, like door to door salesman vibes. Yeah. Vacuum door to door sales. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. With, with his like rock star tie on. Yeah. It was just, it was very, very um like kind of cheesy. It is a little bit. Yeah, I like it. You know, it shows that Richard is a bit outdated with that fashion. Yeah. It's probably the same suit he's had for like 15 years. Yeah. 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 I mean, he's, you know, he's a, he's a middle aged man. Uh, you know, he's not really with the trends. No. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Thank uh, you for doing this. Well, I mean, I was. All right. Thank you. All right, you're welcome. The bracelet is right in the front. That's the first thank you in like over two years, by the way. I just want you to know, I'm just, you know. You haven't done anything for me to, to thank you for. Good point. So, huh? Okay. So the bracelet is right in the front. Right. It's platinum. It's got little diamonds. Is your name like Pluto's tail? I don't know the name of it. Okay. The duo have finished their lunch and Larry offers to pay the bill. Larry queries a tip on the bill for the captain, or the waiter's captain, as well as the waiter. Larry asks why he has to tip the waiter's captain. Richard says that he should tip both of them. They argue about what percentages he should give both of them. But Larry says he'll tip 30% to the waiter and nothing to the captain because he hopes that, you know, maybe the waiter will give the captain some. Which, yeah, pretty flimsy reasoning. If I was a waiter and I got 30%, I'd just assume that that tipper was very generous. I wouldn't think, maybe 20% for me or 15% or whatever. No. And I'll give 15% to I'd my take, boss. I'd take it. Yeah. If I was on like $5 an hour, yeah. I got a 30% tip. I yeah, I think that's the point. It's yeah, like yeah. you take what you earn. Exactly. 30% very generous though. It Jeez. is, yeah. Like even when we were in the US, the max we tipped was like 20. Yeah. But that's like impeccable service. Yeah. You know, even, but our standard tip for us was like 10, 15. Yeah, isn't it 15 is like I think, think 15 is like, yeah, like 15 is if they're like doing their job. Yeah. 20 or more is if they're like exceptional. Yeah. 10 is like, oh, come on, you could have done a bit better. Yeah. You know. I remember when I was in America, I had yeah. a bit more, I think it was my last week or so and I had more spending money left over than I thought I would. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, I'll just spend it all and I gave like, like double, you know, yeah. if it was a $20 meal, I gave like a $20 tip. I'm oh like, I'm just, just going to pretend I'm rich, you know, like, yeah, in, yeah, <laughs> just because yeah. I'm like, you know, these guys are busting their and they're, they're, they're not getting paid very well, you know, so... You know, it's just money that I would have blown on some crap on a holiday anyway. So right. I'd rather it go to some someone, some, who, needs some, someone who needs it or yeah. would appreciate it. That's sad. Yeah. Oh God. Well, yeah. <laughs> Luckily yeah. in Australia, you know, the same waitresses and waiters get paid like what twenty bucks an hour. So you don't really have to tip them in Australia. What? I mean, minimum wage for any hospitality job here is like twenty-seven bucks an hour. Yeah, yeah. So even if you're working in a really unskilled role, even if you're just pulling beers at a local pub, which is you know like a maybe like a a mixologist or someone who's got some skills might be able to command a bit more money. But even the most like entry-level hospo position here if you work 30 40 hours a week it's enough to pay rent it's enough to live yeah yeah yeah. you know i mean hospital workers are still doing it tough they are yeah especially um, with it, covid and everything yeah, yeah but um it's uh you know it's it's a livable wage yeah livable wage well hopefully in america things change but yeah. we won't get into that no <laughs> it's a that's, a, that's a whole other discussion yeah a whole different kettle a whole different kind of podcast yeah the duo are walking back to the store as a blind man asks them on the street if they can move boxes and furniture around for him in his apartment which is just around the corner larry says that they have to go to the go but Richard insists they should help the man they offer to help as Larry mocks Richard for trying to compare his problems with the man's blindness. He's like, oh, this man's blind and your alcoholism. Yeah, this, oh. man, this man can't see and you've got emotional, uh, what is it, like an intimacy oh, issues. Oh, you, you're very much alike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's yeah, just yeah. like, yeah, yeah, they're completely, they're similar. Yeah. You know, it's like, and obviously, yeah, Larry's just like, this guy's blind. He's got such a hard life. Why yeah. are you comparing your struggles with his? Yeah, I don't think Richard was trying to say my problems are the same as your problems. No, I think he was just trying to connect with him and say, look, I didn't mean to, because... Uh, he was trying uh, to be empathetic. Yeah, he was trying to be yeah, empathetic and yeah. Larry says to him you know how can you say 
whatever Richard said in front of the blind man. Like, you know, he, he thinks that the blind man and, and the blind man doesn't feel bad at all. He's like, it's fine. There's no problem. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think Richard's trying to say, well, I'm on this. I, my life struggles are the same as yours. Yeah. I think he's just trying to, you know, sort of dig himself out of a little hole. Yeah. Yeah. By being, yeah. By just saying, hey, we all, you know, we've all got our stuff. You know, mm, we've all got Larry our problems. Yeah, that, yeah. That, but then Larry just goes to the extreme. Larry, yeah, yeah Larry yeah. thinks that he's trying to say that it's apples and apples. Apples and, and apples. And I, I don't think I think Richard's, uh, you know, Richard wasn't trying to do that. No, he wasn't. He was just trying to, yeah, he was trying to sympathise with the cause. Yeah, don't know the actor's name, but no, me uh, he plays sort of a supporting role in Frasier. Oh, okay. His yeah. he works at the radio station that uh, KA, KACL. KACL. Oh, I think, okay. I think that's the radio station yeah. that Frasier works at. Right. His name's Gil. Last episode. <laughs> Porno Gil. Yeah. No, no, <laughs> nice. no, no. He's and he's obsessed with Roz, who's um Frasier's producer. Oh, the assistant uh, producer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh yeah, he's obsessed with her. He stalks her and he's he's actually quite creepy. Oh god. But he's a he's like a total nerd Trekkie. He's like he's like the stereotypical eighties and nineties version of like a Trekkie virgin nerd who oh. doesn't know how to talk to women, who's yeah. incredibly awkward. Like pre incel. Yeah, yeah. Of. Like yeah, like a like a pre internet <laughs> incel, basically. Yeah, okay, yeah. sure. Oh, um, pretty awkward. It just was a funny coincidence because last week's episode was called Porno Gil. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. And, and his name was Gil and Fraser. Yeah. But no, this man, but this actor, this time he plays a blind man, and you think he's like a cool guy. He's pretty cash. Yeah. But uh, we find out later, like he's still like a good person, but he's just very what a pain in the ass this guy. Yeah. Is. In this scene, they as, as we as we call them a punisher. A pun. Oh, he is a punisher, a blind punisher. <laughs> Um, what, 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 what do you need? I have these boxes in the middle of my living room and, uh, I actually just need a minute of your time to help me move them to the corner so I don't oh. trip over them. Uh, I don't see. How, where, where, uh, where do you live? Around the corner. Just right around the corner. It would help me so much if you could just help me. They arrive at the apartment as a montage begins with the duo moving boxes. So it looks like the blind man just moved in. Or yeah. Something like that. They leave with boxes still everywhere as the man asks. So this montage goes for like a minute. Yeah. And the guy's like, can you move the TV into the bedroom? Can you move these boxes here? Can you move this table here? And by this point, Larry, like Richard's still in his suit. And he's probably sweating, especially in like a hot LA day. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's probably sweating profusely. Yeah, I mean, Richard made mention that it is a sunny, a nice sunny day. So yeah, I imagine yeah. it's very hot. Very hot. And even Larry is like, you know, he's sweating as well. And, yep. you know, he's all, he's in his clothes. Richard, yeah, in his, in his 80s suit, <laughs> you know, he's struggling under there. And, uh, yeah, you can see they've really made an effort. Pro they've probably, I'm guessing, probably like for an hour or two, they've been moving stuff around. Yeah. Yeah. I got the impression uh, that it was on like a second or third level as well. So they probably moved stuff upstairs. Yeah. As well as moved stuff around in the apartment. In in the apartment so they've done a lot of work and and the blind man kind of undersells the job he says oh i just need help you know it's he just does. around the corner he, does. he kind of you know i just need help moving like one thing it'll take you 10 minutes and then there's but like they, but then it's like well while you're here yeah, yeah, we yeah, do yeah, this yeah. and then this and then this i think he realizes that they're in a situation where if they tap out after a certain amount of work they're like in terms of like you know social protocol if you like yeah. they're kind of the jerks they're like well you're not even helping a blind man you know like i think he he realizes that he's got this like manipulative upper edge I in this situation you. i love in the montage where larry's like berating the blind man to his face yeah like but without saying anything like he's just doing like actions yeah and then the blind man doesn't notice yeah i love it yeah if that was just larry i think larry would have tapped out early yeah and larry would have just he would have like, found oh. an excuse he would oh he would have been like i'll just go get something downstairs yeah and then just walk off yeah you know i'm sure whereas like because you know richard was doing it larry felt kind of compelled yeah i mean because yeah, larry needed richard to go to the jewelry store yep so he couldn't just let richard go and as you know after they leave richard says you know that that was a good thing like i feel like we had it even though the, yeah, the it's the positive mindset yeah and that's where larry calls him that calls him that name the babbling brook of bullshit no no he calls him norman vincent oh Lewis. yeah yeah, yeah. sorry yeah, yeah. no he says the babbling brook later on yeah they have a bullshit right that that's right at the end yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> i love it yeah but this i mean this 
blind guy, he's just basically using them. He's exploiting yeah, he's, them. It's yeah. ridiculous. That's what I mean. I think he, yeah. I think he knows that he can take advantage of their uh, goodwill. Yeah. And uh, turn what he sold as just you know a quick just helping move one thing mm-hmm. into like basically move my whole house in and not only move it in well, but, but like decorate it like decorate, ar- arrange yeah. the furniture exactly and you take know. stuff out of boxes yeah and, and then and then larry's like hang on you want me to bring the bedroom the tv back in the living room yeah but you asked me to put it in the bedroom before yeah like what the hell yeah it's like oh i changed my mind yeah it's like come on man yeah you can't do that yeah he's taking the piss towards the end oh he sure is yeah and yeah no, and and obviously because larry does need richard larry endured it yeah, you know he could he would have just easily said I'm going to go. Yeah, see you later. Or I'll go get the last box. And there's no other box. Yeah, you know. <laughs> then yep. he just walks off. Yeah, and then there'd probably be consequences later in the episode. Yeah, he'd run you know. into him. Yeah, yeah, or something would happen. Yeah, or the blind man would like like there'd be an accident. There'd or be something. An accident. Yeah. yeah, there'd be something. Yeah, if it was just him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so they're both exhausted. They're all done, and I'm guessing it's probably like early evening, five p.m., six p.m. Definitely late. Late. They're both exhausted. They walk to the jewelry store, which of course is closed. So they and you know Richard starts laughing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the situation. I imagine because they got back to the jewelry store at like say two yeah. after they came back from uh, where were the LA farm, the the restaurant they went to lunch at, and they come back to the restaurant. I'm guessing it closes at five mm. on a Saturday. You know, normal business hours. Yeah, yeah. They must have been moving for th- two. I'd say between two and a half and three hours. I'd say so. Yeah, they probably started moving between two and two thirty and got back to the jewelry store at five five thirty. Mm-hmm. So yeah, quite a quite a while. And they missed it. So yeah. they missed the opportunity to go twice. Well, for Richard to go in anyway because they wouldn't let uh, <laughs> let Larry in. I've been in that situation where Richard starts laughing. Like the whole si- the whole situation is so ridiculous. It's just a farce. Yeah, it's like the, whole, the whole thing after is just accident after yeah, accident. That yeah. all you can do is laugh. You can just go. Yeah. This is so comically ridiculous. You couldn't even write a script yeah. well in this case they wrote a script yeah. Yeah. <laughs> about it but yeah. in real life you couldn't write I get, I get why Richard laughed he's just like this is so out of hand yeah. I'm just going to laugh because it's, yeah. it's easier than and, and also the positive mindset but to Richard well. like Larry I mean to Larry he had a shit day yeah. but to Richard he had a great day I mean yeah. he went out for lunch with his friend Yep. he helped for a blind free. guy for free yeah. <laughs> yeah. helped a blind guy you know, with moving stuff, and he yep. feels great. So yeah. Richard, I love how Richard feels so positive, whereas Larry's just like, yeah, I wasted half a day on this shit. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. understandable that Larry is a bit ticked off. He's like, well, this day completely got out of my control. But yeah, like Richard's just trying to spin it into a positive, you know, because he's in that frame of mind. Yeah, Larry's. Just, um, sorry, not Larry. Richard, he's very grateful that he helped the blind man. And yeah, he feels positive about doing the good deed. Yeah, yeah. And I think this is where Larry says, "You're full of bullshit." You're a babbling brook. Babbling bullshit. bullshit. Yes, that's where yeah. he says it. Yeah. <laughs> Back at home that evening, he is watching another football game, and he's on the phone with Richard once again. Larry says that he may have misplaced his credit card at the restaurant. Richard tells him that he wants to buy the bracelet for Sophia. So, because in the previous scene, Richard looked at the bracelet and was like, oh, that looks pretty good. Yeah. Larry reluctantly says, you know what? You can just buy the bracelet. It's fine. Cheryl arrives home. And this time, Larry pays more attention to her than last time. Mm-hmm. Cheryl says that, uh, you know, you know, things seem to be more smooth. And, you know, Larry's probably thinking, I'm going to get that double, the forgiveness and sex, like we mentioned earlier. Cheryl says, I walked past the jewelry store. You know that you know that, that jewelry store we walked past? That bracelet, I love it. And then Larry's like, uh, actually, I told Richard. Um, Richard wanted to buy it with, uh, for his girlfriend. And... Uh, you know, it's like I said, he can just buy it. Yeah. And Cheryl's like, what do you mean? Yeah, she's confused. She's like, why would you say that? Why would you say that? Cheryl becomes disappointed and asks why he did it. Larry claims that, you know, they already made up. You yeah. know, I stopped watching the game. I paid attention to you. Yeah. So I think we're even now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's an indication of how Larry sees a lot of relationships, like very transactional. Like, yeah. Well, there was a problem. It's the tip problem, for tat, basically. Yeah. It's yeah, like, yeah. it's, it's yeah, it's, you know, he's evening an odd. Yeah. Whereas Cheryl's more like, well, maybe it would just be nice to buy me something 
because it's just nice. Like it's not it's not for a purpose. It's no. just it's just to be nice. Just because. Yeah. Larry doesn't believe in just because. No, there's yeah. got to be a reason. There's got to be some. Yeah, you're right. And there's got to be some benefit to him. Yeah. Like for him, bracelet equals forgiveness and sex. Yeah. You know, not bracelet is I've got lots of money and I can just buy something nice for my wife who puts up with a lot of my bullshit. Yeah, and I'll make her feel good. Yeah. And then the forgiveness and sex will come now. Yeah. 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 The the, the bracelet <laughs> is not a, a nice gesture. It just represents the fifty percent part of his transaction out of the whole situation. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That that guy. He's got a weird way of thinking. Uh, that's why Cheryl divorces him later. Yeah. <laughs> in, in later in the series. Spoiler alert. She says to get Richard to not buy the bracelet and to call him. He says that he doesn't want to call. He doesn't want to talk to his girlfriend, talk to Sophia. Uh, he says he'll be there at open tomorrow at the jewellery store. Larry, in the next morning, is preparing himself in the bathroom. He shaves his beard. He dresses in a shirt and tie. And Cheryl is very impressed. She's turned on. She's very turned on. She's like, ooh. Ooh, you look very good. And Larry says, can you pass me the sports jacket? Yep. Puts on the jacket. He does look sharp. He looks very sharp. Yeah, probably his, the sharpest suits, it's been his, so far. His suit's not ill-fitting, unlike Richard's. No, it actually fits him really yeah, well. Probably a, a tailored sports jacket as opposed yeah. to just like a cheap off-the-rack. Off-the-rack. You know, year 10, <laughs> year 12, year 12 uh, formal Form. or prom if you're in yeah, America. Yes. <laughs> prom, oh God, those are the days. Yeah. Hiring the suit. <laughs> yeah. Oh. oh God, those are the days. Anyway, so Larry, he says that he's going to go to the restaurant first to get his credit card back because Cheryl says that the restaurant called saying they've got his card. So before he goes to the jewellery store, he drives to the restaurant to collect his card. The valet officer gives gives him the card. He walks to the car park and his car has been blocked in. Mm. So, you know, he's got his card, all well and good. Yep. You know, he verifies his identification. What's your name, Larry David? Great. Cool. Yep. His car's blocked in. Like moments later, he's like, what the hell? The valet officer, she points him to the captain, the waiter's captain, who has done this deliberately. So his he, name's Perry. His name's Perry. Yeah, so Perry actually realised that Larry's car, saw Larry come out, yep. blocked him in because of the tip. You can see when Larry's talking to the waitress uh, or the, the person at the front. The valet host, yeah. Yeah, when when Perry walks into the restaurant starting his shift, he looks at Larry and yeah. you, can see it, you can see him go, oh, I know that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so he already knows who he is before Larry even comes up. You can up see to it him. in the background. Yeah. You can see. And then his car, like he gets the next car, like his car and blocks it yeah in. yeah 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 i don't think he parked him in deliberately i think he just happened to park him in because he doesn't know that that car's larry's before he parks the car oh. but i think you know what i mean like yeah like right. it, i thought he i thought he knew who he was and then he did it no oh i think okay. he just i think he just refuses to do it after he realizes that it's larry in this situation oh, so if it was, how would he know like he's just pulling up to a car right, i get you he doesn't Where, know that larry's there or that that car's his whereas if it was someone else he's oh i'm sorry sir yeah I'll he, he just you. accidentally yeah, yeah. parked a car in right and if, oh, if okay. it wasn't Larry yeah, he would have yeah. moved his car oh I thought he realised it was Larry and he, How, did it. he wouldn't know yeah, he wouldn't true. know he just would have pulled up to a car park right. and just seen a car not knowing it's Larry gotcha gotcha, yeah. gotcha it's only yeah. after you know he takes advantage of the situation to, to mess with him back so it was like an accidental fuck you yeah basically yeah. Yeah, at that point um, anyway Larry goes to the waiter's captain and asks him to move his car he confronts Larry about not paying the captain a tip Larry says that he was hoping that the waiter would give some to the captain he's like look I put 30% and then, then the waiter's captain's like yeah I got the receipt and I noticed you put 30% for the waiter, but you mm. put like a line across the waiter's captain. Yep. Like, what's that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Larry tries to spin it and say, well, by crossing it out, I was emphasizing to the waiter that 30%, hey, that's a generous hey, tip. That's a generous give. tip. You should give <laughs> something that's like, oh, that's uh, such a dumb just reason. Just trying to wheel, weasel his way out. Yeah. Yeah. Like like Larry's excuse with the shoes in Porno Gill last week. My feet get chilly. He must get tipped really well because, I mean, he's driving a black BMW. That's not a cheap car. That'd be a fancy restaurant, too. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm sure he does well. Well, he's um, the captain, so I'd imagine yeah. he's like, he manages all the. 
for waiters. Yeah. Yeah. But even then, like even like a management position at a at a restaurant and plus tips, it's maybe he lives in a shithole apartment. Like most of his money goes towards his car. <laughs> his car. He's happy, yeah. he's happy to live in a shoebox and, and yeah. eat like baked beans as long as he can have a black bean or <laughs> he something. He could have got a nice house like in the suburbs, yeah, yeah. you know, with the deposit, like yeah. have a down payment and just on the an house. Av- and and yeah. a Toyota. Yeah. But he's like, no, I want to live in a studio and I've, eat baked beans and I want to have a nice car. I've got to look classy. Yeah. Or he's leasing it or something. Yeah. yeah he might yeah. just be lease renting Who knows? it. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the captain pushes back and says that there was a line drawn across his section on the bill. Larry offers to move the car. Like he says, give me the keys and I'll do it. Captain yep. refuses. Yeah. Larry, he's stuck. He has to run all the way to the jewelry store. Yeah. Which is, which is about 20, 25 minutes walk, like Richard said last time. Yep. Richard, you know, Larry is there. Richard is about to enter the store. And they get into a tussle outside the security door, <laughs> trying to get in. It's a nice uh, physical comedy here. Both of them are trying to like get on top of each other to get into the door. That's such an old man fight. Like it's oh, so, yeah. it's so, it's so like wussy. <laughs> it is. Yeah, they're just like holding each other down. Yeah, no punches or anything. And the jewelry store attendants just look in shock and they just watch what's going on. Larry eventually bundles Richard out of the front door. Yeah, he wins. He wins, and then he gets up and uh, he says, "Yep, let me in." Yep. And that's the end of the episode. That's the whole episode. That's the whole episode. So it ends on a nice physical comedy there. So you can see this is like Larry and Richard. You can see they're like frenemies. Yeah. More like friends. But if they want something for themselves, they'll fuck each other over yeah. to get it. Yeah. Or they'll push you, like push each other out the front door like Larry does to Richard. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the end of The Bracelet. Out of five Larrys, my friend, what do you give this episode? I give this one three. Oh, okay. You didn't like it much. Uh, it was okay. I think just after Porno Gill, it's a bit disappointing. Ah. But- yeah, I just thought it was average. Okay. Not great, not bad. Fair what, enough. What about you? I loved it. It's my favourite of season one so far, four and a half. All right. Larry's out of five. Okay. Look, I think anything with Richard Lewis in it, especially when he has more screen time, it like adds to the, the Larry's. Yep. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I love how this was an episode which kind of it developed Richard as a character, and I love how the dynamic between Larry and Richard kind of intensifies, and, you know, there's more development in their friendship. Like, they're friends, but they're kind of enemies too. Yep. You know, if there's something that they, each of them want, mm. they'll screw over the other one to get it. Yep. You know what I mean? So I like that. But even though like they're generally good friends, yep. I like that dynamic and I like how Richard becomes, you know, more prominent as the series goes on. Yep. Just great. Fair enough. Yeah, no, I really liked it. And the whole blind man thing was funny. I mean, that could have gone either way. And, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like they could have easily just walked out and pretended that they were getting something. Yeah, no, that that was a good little deviation. I thought the bracelet storyline was it you know, it needed something extra and the blind man you know, little scene, I guess. Mm. Not that it's essential to the main storyline. Was a nice. It you know, it lifted the whole episode. They needed a reason as to why they weren't going to get the bracelet. That yeah, day. there had to be something. Something yeah. had to give. Yeah. Yep. No, I like that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite episode of season one so far. Okay. Yes. Fair enough. You can support us on social media. Our tag is at CopecastPod. Can you email us as well? CopecastPod at gmail.com if you want to get in touch. Uh, we have a Facebook group called Curb Your Enthusiasms. It is a just a general fan group for Curb cast uh sorry cobra enthusiasm uh but because we've started the podcast we've kind of turned it into a group for the podcast as well so if you're a fan of the show if you're a fan of what we're doing uh join the facebook group curb your enthusiasm yeah it's not a typo it's actually called curb your enthusiasm yeah so some of you may be aware that we have a uh, recently finished seinfeld podcast and uh during the course of that i think it was 2018 2019 i started a facebook group called seinfeldisms which has grown into something quite big yeah and about six months ago or maybe a year ago i started a curb group out 
out of that Seinfeld group called Curb Your Enthusiasms. Mm. So it's not a typo. And now that one's growing very slowly. It is, yeah. It's, so. it's almost on like the same trajectory as what Seinfeldism was. Yeah, just at yeah. a much smaller scale. Yeah, that's Relatively right. speaking. Relatively speaking. Yeah. Obviously, Curb isn't as popular as Seinfeld. That's it. It's a bit more culty, but yeah. But anyway, I'm sure we'll get more followers and, and stuff. Who knows? <laughs> and you can listen to us on any podcast service. We are getting lots of love in our home country, Australia, on Apple Podcasts. That's one of the services you can get at. So we're getting lots of downloads from there and, of course, other countries as well. So thank you very much for uh, jumping on board and giving us a chance and uh, letting us tell you our takes on episodes. That's right. And if you want to support us, you can uh, leave a five-star rating or review or just spread the word. And uh, finally, we do have a Patreon as well, patreon.com forward slash mishmashmedia. If you want to chuck a couple of bucks our way to support the uh, ongoing costs of uh, running a podcast. Indeed. My name's Ivan. And I'm Stephen. We'll catch you next week for another episode of Curbcast. We'll be halfway through season one by next week, which is exciting. So you take care of yourselves and each other, eh? Thanks for listening. This podcast is part of Mishmash Media, an independent podcast network. Follow us on social media at Mishmash Media AU or support us on Patreon. All those links are in the show notes.